everyone, it's time to get saucy with Victoria and Alex. Hey guys, welcome to the fourth episode of Lost in the Bravo Sauce. Um, how are you, Alex? I'm doing well. How are you, Victoria? Good. Um, for those of you who are just starting to listen or forgot who we are, um, we just want to provide a quick refresher. Uh, Alex and I are best friends living in New York City and, you know, love everything Bravo. Um, so we've just decided to start this podcast and just recap, you know, as the summer months have been a little slow, um, basically our favorite seasons and episodes and what's going on in the Bravo world to date. Um, how was your vacation? It was good. So I was up in Cape Cod catching up on a lot of Bravo, to be honest. Um, you know, it's hard to keep up, but I was especially trying to watch Potomac since that's really one of the only cities that I am not as familiar with. So had a lot of work to do. I'm really excited to hear your thoughts. Um, just for a little, you know, planning wise, we're going to talk about season four and five of Potomac. We're going to get everything Alex has uh, learned about the Mac. Um, and then we're going to get into recaps of Below Deck, Beverly Hills, and New York. So Alex, how was your first episodes of Potomac? <laughs> Okay, so I have to say that I'm kind of mad at myself that I never tuned into Potomac before. Um, you know, I went to <laughs> well, I went to college in Baltimore, so I thought that you know, even watching a few episodes, it was kind of cool to see, you know, a few shots of Baltimore. And I lived in D.C. for a few months, so it's kind of cool to see that too. So basically, I have been living under a rock for five seasons. So is Potomac um, near Baltimore? I thought it was like by Virginia. I mean, it is, it is. I don't think it's close. I'm, um, you know, not that great with geography and directions, so <laughs> they move we should definitely a lot. look at a map. I anymore. saw some pictures of the Orioles Stadium, so that's why I'm saying Baltimore. <laughs> um, at least in the, you know, first episode of season five. But, um, yes, I mean, to be honest, Potomac, I guess I thought it would be, like, neighborhoody and it wouldn't bring the same you know, drama and flair as the other cities, but I was wrong. You know, all those women from style to personality, like they bring it. Now we just had you watch season four, because I said that was really like the crux of where all the drama started. And then the same cast members are on season five. Plus we have Wendy entering. Wendy. Um, right. And to be honest, I only watched, uh, I watched the three reunion episodes. So if I, I uh, miss a few things, Please so who, don't call me out. Who, who is your favorite so far? So to be honest, it was I've never just watched a season just on the reunion. So if anyone's just tuning in now, like, you know, it is a good way to catch up on shows. Um, you know, if you're just getting acquainted with the Housewives, um, it's a little confusing at first because a lot of times the Housewives will go into, into the reunion with a lot of tension and they bring a lot of their emotions and they could kind of seem a little stiff. Like, at first, I didn't think Robin brought anything to the group she was pretty quiet throughout the you know beginning of the reunion so I was kind of surprised about that and it took me a while I guess when I first started or I saw the promos I didn't like Karen she kind of like rubbed me the wrong way but <laughs> the grand, um, the grand dame, yes um but I definitely she grew on me and I think I really like all of the women um I'm not sure about Ashley to be honest I think she's a little whiny and kind of she has, like, 
she seems just like a whiny little girl, kind of. Um, and I'm not sure how I feel about Candace, but I think she's super pretty, and I love her speaking voice, to be honest. And, uh, yeah, I, I love Giselle. I think she's my favorite. So I'd be curious to know of, like, any background, if there's anyone who's, like, a Ramona of Potomac, for example, or, like, anybody who's, like, who we'd love to hate. So I'm going to give you some context. So when the season first started, and this is season one, Karen really entered thinking that she was going to be like the head honcho. And, you know, she was the oldest of the girls. And back in season one, we have Sharice, who is resurfacing in season five as uh, Monique's right. enemy. But um, I will say, when we get back together, we're still not together, guys. <laughs> um, one I'm day now, soon. <laughs> now retreated back to Long Island. But we're going to watch an episode where Karen literally holds a press conference for the girls and gives them itineraries about what they're allowed to say and what they're not allowed to say about her marriage and her financial situation. Because I think it was season three that her husband like forgot to pay taxes or something like, like something scandalous like that. And um, it was really the central central point of uh, the whole season. But, um, see, I really dislike Candace. And Ashley kind of reminds me of how... Sorry. Candace reminds me of how Ashley was starting in season one. Because you have Ashley, who's like the youngest girl. I think she was 30, if that. And she kind of grows into her own. And even starting in season five, which we'll get into a little bit later, like I feel like she's truly come full circle. And I even said that episode one. Now, Well, now she's a mom. So I'm sure that's changed her and she's bringing, you know, a new perspective to the table now. For sure. And I think that throughout this season, you really see her grow and mature into the person that she is today. And I think that Candace still has a lot to learn. I think Candace is super immature. Um, and I just like don't vibe with like her and her husband for some reason. I, I, I don't, I, I was hoping I would, but for some reason I just can't get into them. Giselle. I think he's cool and approachable. And the one thing I noticed on Potomac is that it's a good group of ages where if you look at housewives, um, if you, if you look at the housewives of New York, you know, everyone's kind of over 50 and then you have Leah who's in her late 30s I thought that Potomac has a good balance of different ages and people at different stages of life um so I thought that was kind of unique and also the relationships are also unique how two couples who were previously divorced are now <laughs> on the path to getting married again I mean I feel like you don't hear about that every single day so I thought that was kind of cool especially when you consider you know our second episode where we talked all about housewife divorces so kind of yes. like that so do you remember Phaedra in Atlanta how she references a man called Mr. Chocolate no because I'm really <laughs> bad at uh, okay so Mr. Chocolate Phaedra's boo is actually Giselle's first husband, who she's like now getting Pastor back to. Pastor Bryant? Yes. Oh my <laughs> and gosh. And Annie made this connection. I think it was last, like it was maybe like season three reunion of Potomac, and everyone was like, oh my God. But yes. What a crossover. That did is, we get any action of that on camera? I don't think they did. But honestly, he kind of seems slimy. And I think that Giselle is gorgeous. I agree with you. I think so that she's, pretty beautiful i think she speaks her mind like she brings it but like it's never like overkill 
Um, and her walk- outfits are a little overkill, though. The baseball hat with the tiara <laughs> attached to it. Oh was my god! Did you see episode look. two of season five where she comes in with the baseball cap with like the diamonds, like a crown? That's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, where do you buy a baseball hat tiara combination? But she's sort of want it, and I want to wear it around our apartment, but I won't have the balls to wear it in public. <laughs> I know. I'm like, you're always looking for the perfect hat. That might be it. <laughs> Gosh. And you have Robin, who I love Juan. I think Juan is hot as hell. He's hot. Like, really cute. Do you wanna? Yes, I do. <laughs> uh, Andy, like, loves him. Like, I rewatched uh, the season four reunion before, and, like, when they bring the men on. And this is what I also want to make the connection to. We always say Jersey men is a really big part of the show. I'm going to say Potomac is as well. And Agree. Right? And I think that, like, that's really interesting. And they're not as involved as the Jersey men are, which is fine. But they also bring a certain flair. And uh, I think Ashley Darby's husband, Michael Darby, uh, definitely brings it for the cast as a whole. So, okay. So, to fill you guys in, if you're new to Potomac like I was, I am, I guess I should say. um, The whole season, I guess, from my outside perspective, was all about Ashley's husband, Michael, allegedly grabbing other men's butts and other things that's what half the reunion was all about and um you know that's definitely a new topic for the housewives um i don't think we've seen (laughs) that before um so i kind of hope that they like leave it in the past kind of like the whole pantygate scandal of beverly hills from two or three years ago and hopefully season five that isn't you know a reoccurring topic because Clearly, he's not budging on it, and he denies it, and there's really not much else that you can say. Well, it's actually not going to be. So right after they wrapped filming for season four, he was caught in a hotel room with a prostitute, but a female prostitute. Okay. Um, So (laughs) we're having a little diversity, but I think that is definitely going to be shown, especially that she's, you know, just delivered her first baby. They're going to show him, you know, having extramarital affairs, and I don't know where they stand. So how did they meet? Because he's this, like, older Australian man. How did that happen? I honestly, like, don't know. He's she's not his first wife. I know that for sure. I think, and he definitely has older kids. But I'm not sure how they met. And I think it was either season two or season three. They actually opened up this restaurant Oz together, and it was really like the demise of their relationship. Like I thought Ashley was gonna call it quits, but they stuck it out. It's it's worrisome to me. I think they also live in an apartment. I don't think they even own a house. So it's I don't really understand the dynamics of their relationship. But I guess that she really must love him. She stood by him through everything, and, you know, especially in season four, as you mentioned, like, his butt grab was, like, it was frequent, and I think it was reoccurring. Like, people had multiple instances of him seeing him do this type of behavior. And on the reunion, he basically said that in Australia, it's common for men to, like, tap other men's butts, so I don't know if we know any men from Australia, Australia. (laughs) but if we do know of any men who could provide some perspective on this please let us know. Yeah. I definitely feel bad for her. Like, I think that she stood by him and I think that he's just not giving her the respect of like, if he has a problem or he wants to cheat, like at least do it discreetly. You know, your wife's on national television, like get, cut her some slack. Right. And then it's like, you don't even thank her for, you know, standing by her. And I think that's what the woman's main point was like, they went on Fox five news and they didn't, he didn't even thank her. And I think the yeah. women kind of surrounded her and had her back and said, you know, we'll never blame you. We'll never come for you, but I have to say something when I see this. And, um, right. I just don't think he gets it. 
Uh, and then, like he gets it. Yeah, power to them. Her baby's really cute. It looks literally just like Michael, the father, which is know. you know not surprising, <laughs> but kind of funny. It is funny. Now, how do you feel about Monique? Because she started, um, I think it was season four. She started with the show. So yeah, I mean, I couldn't really get a good. I couldn't really get a good. Um, you know, a lot of perspective on her at the reunion. I think her and her husband are cute. I loved when they were talking about that her husband looks just like his mom in a wig. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> um, you know, she seems to be, I can't tell if she's a flip-flopper or a true friend. Um, it I kind of seems like her relationships, messy. it seems like her relationships with different people, you know, have had their ups and downs. So... But I like episodes. I also um, will admit that I'm an idiot, and I accidentally watched episode two and thought that, that was the first episode of season five of Potomac. So I was very confused, and I quickly had to watch the first episode before we recorded this podcast. Um, but, you know, her reconciling with Giselle, I think, was really mature. They came together to throw Ashley a party, which was really nice. Um, and I think that, you know, I'm a little worried for Monique because – these rumors that are circulating about her and her marriage, you know, she's has a young family and they seem like a great couple. And I hope that this is an example of how, you know, presence on a reality show can tear apart your family. So I think I'm slowly becoming a Monique Stan. I think she won me over in season four. I think that her husband, Chris, is like the cutest man. Like he's a gentle giant. And I really like totally enjoy his perspective. Even when they were, you know, filming the reunion, he just like kept making these side comments that were like so innocent, but like so funny and like lighthearted and like a very serious situation. And I think that he really is like a stand-up guy and her kids are adorable. So cute. And since we're going to season five, she now has a bird. <laughs> I'm literally yeah, T'Challa. I'm obsessed with this bird. Okay, so I'm not. I had a parakeet as a child, and for, like, a day, we let it walk around the house, which was, like, totally creepy, and now I'm petrified of birds. Like, the whole thing totally freaks me out. No, I'm afraid, deathly, of, like, pigeons in the street. I literally scream, hop out of the way. We had two parakeets, too. My mom looked let them fly around, and I'm, like, my legs would turn blue. But I, for some reason, like, I'm obsessed with her obsession with this bird. I even looked at Wait, the Wait, why would your legs... I was like frozen in time. I was like, I literally couldn't oh. move. I was like, it's gonna kill me. Okay, good to know. But um, I think I looked it up last time. Like, how do you even pronounce his name? It's I think it's T'Challa, and it's from the movie Black Panther, which I should watch, but I have not seen. Um, so that's where she got the name, and it was recently missing in her neighborhood. But thankfully, it flew its way. Thank like, God. You I mean, can't make this. Up. Seems to be like a vital part of uh, season five, according to the trailer. So I mean, when she shows up at Karen's house with the parakeet or the whatever it is on her shoulder with the leash, like I burst out laughing, and Karen's face just like said it all. Um, yeah. So I really enjoyed that segment. Um, also, in season five, we're introduced to Wendy. And she's Candace's friend, so I'm not sure how I feel about her yet, but she seems to be a very smart woman, which I can respect. I thought, I thought you were going to say, which I can definitely relate to. <laughs> well, <laughs> I thought that true. was going to come out of your mouth, which is also true. It's also true. I'm no professor, but if anyone's hiring, I'm sure I can teach a few things. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think she will be great. It's kind of cool that her kids are the same age as Monique's. And again, it brings a better sense of family. It's nice to see younger moms. Um, back on the mom topic, I was so surprised to see Monique's son, who's what, like, he's like five months old or something. Oh, like, potty he has trained. To use diapers. He was being potty trained. I mean, I don't know anything about child rearing. I think that she wrote a book on it. <laughs> I think that's really impressive. And I don't know, watching it, I was like, is this really what I'm watching? Honestly, I was pretty impressed with her as a mom. If she could potty train her five-month-old son, I mean, like, the sooner the better. That's how I would view it. Get out of diapers. Agree. Agree. I was a little freaked out by the lactation specialist for Ashley. You know, I'm just, you know. I know you're not really into that, but I actually saw that, and I was like, honestly, I was like, wow. I was pretty impressed. I was like, I, we, me and my friends were talking about this, and I'm like, honestly, if I like got pregnant, I'm like, I wouldn't even know the first thing of what I needed to do. I'm like, oh, it's fine. So I think that's really cool. <laughs> and it is yeah. really painful from what I've heard from people. So like, I guess if they could provide some relief, like, you know, educate the world. <laughs> I I'm just that. gonna move on to another topic. Um, <laughs> I really liked the diamonds and denim theme in the first episode. Um, Candace's dress is like my sweet 16 dream. It was disgusting. Uh, with the rhinestones and the corset and the tutu. It was disgusting. Um, I would consider wearing that like at the rehearsal dinner of my future wedding. Honestly, I'll make note of that for your bachelorette party. I'm going to bring in, I'm going to go to Giovanni and get a dress like that because I'm pretty, oh no, it's Sherry Hill. I forgot. Um, and get a dress. Well, I only like want that. Giovanni. <laughs> no, anyway, I mean, yeah. This is where um, I go so I back thought that party. It was gross. What? Okay, no, but I thought that the party was interesting. And that's why I was so confused when I watched the second episode before the first episode. <laughs> I was like, why do we keep doing flashbacks to this party? Why didn't we just see the party on film? So now it all makes now, sense. Now it all came together. So also what we learned in season four is that Candace's mom is very controlling. And Candace has a trust fund. Her first, her husband, Chris, also I think has kids from a previous marriage. So the mom is a little bit cuckoo and it's very controlling with her money. So I think for some part in time, she paid her mortgage. Um, I think she paid for the wedding and now she's cut off, allegedly. So when I saw the budget, are, what, sorry. Are all of these women, are they fairly wealthy or is it like you know no so karen, middle class like I, I couldn't get a full sense karen like pretended to be season one and then the tax evasion uh scenario dropped down her quickly she actually had to move out of potomac to somewhere in virginia and now she's back in potomac as of season okay. four um giselle is like i would say upper middle class robin not so much but i think that as the show has elevated her i think her and juan have been able to afford nicer houses but I think in season one, she was living very, like, you know, mediocrity. Is that a word? I don't know. <laughs> and uh, who else? Candace? Eh. Ashley lives in an apartment? Eh. Um, the only thing I think it's really rich is uh, Every, Monique. <laughs> everything seemed really nice. I was just kind of curious, you know, if I was comparing, you know, Potomac women to Beverly Hills. Oh, no, know, no, Dallas, no. The I other think cities. that they're more in line with, like, Jersey. Okay. Or, like... Dallas, yeah. Okay. Something like that. But I would say Monique's definitely the more, the wealthiest one. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I think this is going to be, you know, I'm a very good season. And 
even for me, who I've been watching Bravo for years. It's interesting. Like, they're captivating people. Yeah, like, it's, it's Right, and it was really new. interesting to start a new show. And for anybody who wants to get into Bravo or has been thinking about the Housewives, I mean, you know, you could definitely, you could definitely start the current episode. It's always helpful to watch a reunion or two, you know, a few recaps, but it's never too late to jump on in. No, I think Potomac's a good place. I think that's always interesting, as I mentioned. Like, they just have so much personality that it, you're really never bored. And, like, they always have these witty, like, comebacks. And I think Wendy will be a good addition. I think that she's a pretty smart cookie. And I think that I'm really excited to see where the Ashley drama, Monique drama with Charisse unfolds. But I don't believe anything's messy with her marriage. And I'm going to stick to that narrative until I see otherwise. Well, I guess we just have to stay tuned to see. <laughs> yes. Um, so just in case you guys, it's Potomac premieres Sundays at 9 p.m. at Bravo. Um, let's hop into Below Deck. And I know we're a little off this week, but we're also going to do the past two weeks um, of Below Deck. And last... Okay. Last so... week that we saw, Kiko was fired, um, unfortunately. Which was, you know, the saddest day of the show for me um you know I think I mentioned I, I haven't really been an avid watcher um and now that he's gone I mean what's left to live for <laughs> no I'm just kidding but I uh it was hard it was hard to see him go I think it was really sad I think the circumstances were a little bit unfair if I'm gonna be honest and um we kind of see this week that you know Hannah is slowly moving out as well um, there was an issue when Malia's boyfriend, Tom, was brought in as head chef, just coincidentally. Well, I haven't watched this week, so don't spoil Ugh, too spoil much. It. We can cover it next week. But I have some thoughts on why Kiko was kicked off. But um, in other Below Deck news, Hannah is having a girl in real life, so we're very excited for her. And I think that she's done with the Bravo Below Deck franchise, and I think that's probably better off. And I think... We wish her, you know, all the best. I think she lives in right. Australia. So. I just thought that last week's episode was very heavy. It was very emotional. There was a lot of drama. I thought they had a lot of connection with the guests. And I think that that's really nice because you don't always, always kind of see that with the different groups. You know, I feel sometimes the guests are rude to the staff and things like that. Um, the one thing I thought was interesting was that the crew has, you know, a ton of work to do, like just being the crew. And with this particular group, they had to be the entertainment as well. I mean, I don't know if that's common. They've done that in the past, but that's a lot of work. And now you have to pretend to be like a Las Vegas stripper and a rapper. And so I you think know, like I maybe just... once or twice a season, they do do that for certain guests. And I think it adds like a fun thing for the show. I mean, I'm sure they're not, I'm sure they'd rather be doing that than like taking out the garbage or like cleaning the utensils. <laughs> I would be like, I'm not your entertainer. Like, I'm not doing this. Good night. You'd be like the hype man in the back. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know how I feel with this season. It's definitely interesting, but I was really sad to see Kiko go. I think he's a really genuine person, and I think that's shown, you know, his character even through this show. Right. I mean, so remember in the first episode, how I'm in our first episode, how I mentioned that, like, I never really cry. Yeah. Watching this grown man have tears in his eyes as he was interviewed, as he was being interviewed, it gave me tears in my eyes. It broke <laughs> my concrete heart. And I just, 
Wow. You know, so. I've never saw anybody with more heart on a reality show than Kiko. It was just, he's so pure and it was just a great message, you know, to do what you want to do, be your best and just like live a happy life. And, you know, I feel for him. I also just started following him on Instagram and he seems really happy. So I'm not really like too worried about him. I follow him from the, our Bravo account. He seems like he's like living his best life in uh, yeah. South America. So. so what do we think about Jess and Rob's about their relationship? It'll be Is done it by the end real? of this charter season. <laughs> Sorry, what? I said it'll be done by the end of this charter season. Yeah, I mean, when he dropped, you know, I love you to her and she didn't say it back. I just like. No, had he has a girlfriend. Like he's an oh. open relationship and at home. If I was Jess, I'd be like, what open relationship is this? I mean, he seems like a nice guy and, like, doesn't seem like an F-boy, but, like, I don't know. It's just, like, kind of weird. And, like, why are you are dropping no the There no laws on the high seas? What? Relationship? Are there no relationship laws on the high seas? Clearly not on the land either. But, <laughs> um, yeah. I think they're both really pretty. They could probably model the two of them. You know? They seem to be, like, really into each other, and I hope it works out. But for some reason, I just don't think it's going to. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's really it. I don't know. That's all. Those are my main thoughts on Below Deck 2. I have to catch up on this past week's episode that aired on the 10th. Please do. Um, it was very, very interesting. We actually did a poll. The previews looked really good. And the people, I think, are leaning towards one side. Oh, boy. So, we'll um, see your thoughts next okay, week. Okay, should we, should we transition to Beverly Hills? Sure. What did you think? Um... <laughs> It was another, like, boring episode for me. I just, I enjoyed them, you know, going shopping. I mean, the most exciting part of it for me was, like, seeing that Sutton could, like, pull off um, a private room. What was it, Dolce & Gabbana or Fendi? Right. No, it was Dolce & Gabbana. Okay. And that's what I was also curious about because it seemed like she didn't buy anything. She just had, like, a breakdown in the dressing room and, like, had <laughs> things sent to her hotel. Like, how much money do you have to spend I to have, like, to private know. shopping? Okay, so I need to do my research on her because I need to know who her ex-husband was, that she has this much money. Like, this right. isn't, like, regular Beverly Hills money. This is, like, way past that. Um, right. And I thought that the three of them trying on crowns was, like, hysterical. I really thought Dorit was going to buy one. Okay, Dorit owned that crown. Her, <laughs> I really like her this season, and I haven't really liked her too much in the past. She just kills it with the looks. Like, that crown fit on top of her head just like hair. Like, it was perfect. And, you know... Um, I actually thought that her and Erica's looks were kind of uh, entertaining this past episode. Erica was sort of like an older version of Dorit's look. Um, but I love Erica, so I'm not going to talk, you know, I'm not going to talk badly about her. Um, I thought that she was like extremely mature and poised, you know, in her conversation um, uh, at the wine tasting, have, um, just talking about Erica's? her feelings about Aaron with Denise. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, Erica. I just thought she handled it well and you know although that's not the drama we love every now and then it's nice to see two people have a conversation and apologize and not like scream at each other so I thought that that was really nice um Kyle this season for me is just like I don't know if she's a pot stir or what but she's not really the bags not have got to go loving her her annoying voice has to go I'm, I'm really like I'm, I'm okay. done. Well, I don't believe that because I do like her and think she, like, is Beverly Hills. But 
you know, I don't know. I will say I'm impressed that Denise actually stuck it out. After that dinner, if that was me, I probably would have just been, I'm not filming anymore, or I would have went home. I know she mentioned she couldn't get a flight out, but, you know, I think she is handling herself pretty well. I think she needs to get her story straight because yes, let's, she's let's telling... Let's forward to the dinner because what she says is that Brandy has slept with someone else at this table, and Kyle... And Rena, I think even Andrew look at each other. It was like, it really can only be one of us. And we all know that the three of them haven't slept with Brandy. So it's like, I feel bad that she's grasping at these straws to like save her image. But it's like, girl, just like admit what you did. Like it is what it is, you know? Yeah, I'm just not really sure. I just think that maybe she forgets the cameras are recording because if you're going to lie, you know, just keep your story straight at least, you know, so they don't have the opportunity to do flashbacks to 24 hours before where you literally said the opposite. So I don't really know what's going to happen there. Um, Her interview looks have been kind of, I don't, I feel like they have been a little different where the heavy makeup and the crimped hair and the leopard, we're we're sort of seeing like an edgy ear. Are these the at home confessionals? at home confessionals yeah so i mean i still like denise and i believe brandy but i also think that there's parts of the story that are missing and i still i still like denise and i'm here for her and i support her i still like denise too but i think denise needs to own it in the words of Risa lena lisa Rinna. we like we know what happened it went down like please stop like pointing fingers at other people and being like oh you all slept with her it's like girl come on Right. Um, and in a way, I feel like she hasn't been a good friend to Denise. I really appreciated Garcelle, and she really seems like she genuinely cares about Denise and their friendship. So that was nice to see. Yeah. How are you feeling about Teddy? Because a lot of people have been uh, saying that they want her off, that she's really boring, like that she brings nothing to the table. She's pregnant this season, so I understand. I like her. I mean, um, is she, you know, an alpha no, but do we need, you know, eight, however many, you know, alpha females, we do need some people to balance things out a little bit. And, you know, I, I think if it wasn't for Kyle and the two of them being attached at the hip, I don't think she would still be on the show, but I think we need her. I think she bounces out the group and I like her. I think they're going to give her another season and see what happens. I know that her third child just like went like under for I think brain surgery. So I definitely right. feel for her. And I'm sure that she was trying to keep it calm and I'm sure it's not easy <laughs> filming for those long hours. So we'll see oh, what happens. Totally. I didn't you mind her in past seasons. I think that this one she like, you know, dropped the ball a little bit. Um but yeah, I'm excited to see. I think De- uh Denise loses it this week uh and leaves a little bit early. So we'll see what happens. And I'm I'm actually excited for them to get back to Beverly Hills and see what unfolds. Totally. Totally. So, did you watch Roni last week while you were away? Yes, I did. Okay, let's hear So, it. okay, they always have to make a housewife an alcoholic on a season. <laughs> maybe you they know, are alcoholics. Maybe they are, okay? Maybe we all are. I don't know. But, you know, now it's Dorinda. And, you know, I don't know what she does, you know, me again who am I to judge but do we really think Dorinda's an alcoholic do we think that you know she should be getting you know all of this negativity (laughs) negativity that Ramona 
is shining on her? I mean, I don't know. I think they all drink all the time and they should all just own it. I don't know who Ramona is kidding, but they all probably drink the same amount. It just affects them in different ways. Like Sonia the next morning, she's like, oh my gosh, my water pill, my diuretic. That's what made me go off the handle. It's like, Sonia, we've been watching you take pills the past five seasons. Like if you don't have your daily vitamins in check by now, like I don't know. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I, I think she needs to put on her glasses and have one of her interns read all those labels because she's not <laughs> doing something right and no, it's it's so unfair. I mean, like they even showed Dorinda. It was if it was last week, this week. It's like she was fine fifteen minutes prior, and then she has one drink and she starts slurring. Like maybe that's just the way alcohol hits her. They also were traveling the entire day. Like it is what it is. Like for Ramona to go ahead and start calling them all alcoholics and like try to turn them against each other is just like such a Ramona thing. I like. I'm really right. so over her. And then when we see that Leah going to talk to her and like. You know, Leah automatically forgives her, and she's a bigger woman than I. Which I thought was kind of a fake apology that was like, you guys need to make up if we're going to get through the rest of the episode. Which, I mean, I get that you have to do, but at the same time, I just did not, I did not think it was genuine. So this is like the first time, I think, in New York that we're down to five women since season two. And I keep forgetting that, like, there's just so few of them. So I guess if Ramona and her are feuding, it ruins the rest of the time for Luanne, Dorinda, and Sonia. But, yeah, I mean, I thought that Leah was being the bigger person, obviously. He was like, let's just have a good time this trip. I enjoyed watching them on the camels. I enjoyed, you know, them going to the restaurant and Luann and Dorinda having some fun with for Sonia's birthday. And, like, that's what I miss. The, you know, the little man <laughs> dancing with the wine bottle on top of his head. Somebody give that guy a reality show. He should be on TikTok. He should do something because he... He stole the show. He reminded <laughs> me of Chewy from like the Chelsea hand, like Chelsea right. lately. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this man's so cute. Like he's just having a good time with them. But the like, right. flash overs of like the children watching Luann sing and like the disgusted face, like. We have to get some screenshots of those for memes because they were too good. But yeah, I mean, it was nice to see some good times without any fighting, you know? Um,. And I do think that Dorinda was in the wrong in this episode, you know, throwing prison back in Luann's face. I mean, does Luann need to hear about prison one more time? I mean, I feel bad for her. Like, she did her time. She paid the price. Like, if if someone is my true friend, I would not want them to put the worst memory of my life, you know, repeatedly back in my face. No, and that's why I think they all have their good moments and they all have, like, their horrible moments. And it's just like... Can we all just stick to the same narrative when you say you're not going to discuss something? Please don't bring it up again five minutes later. I right, feel, I just think it's unfair. Yeah, and I do feel bad for Luann. Like, I feel like she's really being a neutral party in this situation, trying to keep the peace. So, you know, it's unfair what Jordan's putting on her. But right. um, at the end of the episode, we have <laughs> Leah and Ramona fighting once again because... Leah keeps using words that I guess makes Ramona feel uncomfortable because like she is a fourth grade teacher and can't handle <laughs> certain words. But I think Ramona is just like dating. I'm like, just keep doing it because you're going to be off for next year. But that's that's my opinion. I guess we'll see. Um, but I'm excited for next week's episode because it looks like Leah has a hottie. And, oh my you know, God, yeah. We see her making out with someone. So I'm, I'm happy for her, you know? She's getting some action. Honestly, I like the best parts of my week is Thursday at 9 p.m. Um, and we also found out last week that they filmed their reunion at Ohika Castle. Um, do you want to touch on your opinions of their glam looks? 
Okay, I do. So, Leah's loved it. Um, and I love how she, like, clapped back at all the haters who were like, that mask doesn't even protect you. And she's basically like, I've been tested every single day. We wear masks. We wear gloves. It's part of my look. Like, I like that she, um, you know, isn't afraid to stick up for herself. Ramona's was boring. I love Sonia, although her mask hit her new face, which should not be hitting. I thought Ramona, awesome. Sonia, sorry, Sonia, 10 out of 10. Yeah, she looked incredible. Like, that was fun. Dorinda, okay. I thought that, um, I didn't, didn't care for Luann's dress. Like, it was fine. But I thought, as a whole, like, she looked great and rocked it. And her body, like, maybe is as good as it's ever been. Tinsley, so, 10 out of 10. I'll give you the princess. Oh, see, I forgot about one. her again. I literally always <laughs> forget about her. Um, you know, what's she going to contribute at the reunion? Like, I don't know. And do I care? I don't know. See, I think that I've been so tainted by Ramona that I'm actually welcoming of Tinsley to this. I thought I didn't see her at first when they were like showing their reunion glam. And I was like, oh, my gosh, did Tinsley not fly in for this? I was like, please, someone help me. But thankfully that she did. Um, Ramona's wearing a legit nightgown as a dress to the reunion. And I was like, yeah, I felt like she could have done something like better anything yeah. so i'm happy they filmed it there it looked like a beautiful day apparently they were all sitting six feet apart so i think you know this might be the future of our reunions they're outside. gonna do a panorama uh lens and we're gonna have to watch it on yeah. like widescreen yeah, gonna zoom in to everyone who's like speaking or like it's gonna be like tennis where i bounce back bounce there bounce back um but we'll see um yeah i thought leah obviously killed it dorinda meh luann meh and the rest i agree with you so um, I'm excited to watch it. I think it'll be good. But, I really but it's also sad because it's the end. I hate when things end, you know? <sighs> I That's know. just who I am as, like, a person. But at the same time, you know, I felt like nothing crazy really happened this season. And the fact that they're already filming the reunion, it's just like, eh, okay. It was a mess season. I, I think they really have, are going to have a big cash shakeup for next year. I really believe right. that. I think it's going to like so. be like season five where we saw literally half the cast go and they bring on four or three new people. Right. So, so yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see what happens next week in the next couple of episodes. I'm ready for it. I'm Like I said, Thursdays at 9 p.m. are the highlight of my week. I don't know how much that is sad, but I do enjoy it. Um, but thank you guys for listening. If you would like, please subscribe to our YouTube, uh, sorry, not YouTube, <laughs> iTunes account, um, uh, at Lost in the Bravo Sauce. Please follow us on Spotify and please leave a review. We want to hear what you guys want to hear, uh, listen to, shoot us a DM. Um, a lot of our ideas come from you guys. So if you want to hear something in particular, please let us know. Okay. And we definitely have something exciting planned for our next episode. Um, involves a male so it'll a add a, a different perspective <laughs> so stay tuned for yeah. our next episode have a great week guys thanks for listening